Welcome to the Decades of Strength podcast. We are Kim, Marcy, and Katie. We are three women on one mission. We are obsessed with empowering women to gain confidence, build strength, and ditch feelings of unworthiness. So grab your chair, come sit at our table, and let's talk. Hello, welcome back to the Decades of Strength podcast. I'm Katie Crocus. I'll be your host today. I'm sitting here with my lovely co-hosts, Marcy Nevin and Kim Schlag. How's it going, ladies? Hey, girls. Hey, going well. How are you? Good. Things are good over here. What's happening in your world? Kim, you've got a lot going on just in this exact minute. In this exact minute. How, are you, how are you handling I'm, things? I'm handling it. I really am. I'm... Uh... I'm proud of myself because I take took my own coaching as I was feeling overwhelmed over the weekend, getting ready for my Grand Canyon hike. And I was like frozen from overwhelm. And I'm like, all right, just because you're feeling overwhelmed doesn't mean you have to behave overwhelmed. I can make a decision to take action. And so I did, I picked something and started moving. And that's how I got myself out of my overwhelm. My backpack is packed. I fly out tomorrow for my Grand Canyon rim to rim. Amazing. So exciting. Yeah. Are you going to be documenting it on stories? So we get to live uh, vic- I don't want to yes. say live vicariously through you because I have no <laughs> desire to do that, but yeah. be inspired by you. So I'm going to be filming intensely the whole thing. I'm going to make a whole YouTube about it. I will be cool. sharing some on stories. Um, I, you aren't not going to see anything in real time once I start hiking because there's not going to be any service. So like, you'll see me mm. like leading up to hiking. I'll probably even in the pitch black because we're going to start hiking in the pitch black. I'll probably like hop on up the top rim, you know, at the North Rim and be like, hey, I'm going. I don't know why I'm doing like the phone symbol. <laughs> like, what's that? Um, <laughs> uh, I'll be like, hey, like I'm heading in, but then nobody will hear from me all day because I'm not going to have service. But then when I come back out in the evening, I'll hop back on stories. And then I'm going to be filming everything on my camera. My son helped me get this nice camera because that just didn't seem like my phone was going to do justice to the terrain there. So once I get some stuff and I have everything that probably the next day I'll start uploading stuff to stories and then make my video. So yeah, that's a lot of miles to be off the grid. Do they have any stations or anything down there? Like yeah, they do. Support? So there's plenty. So it's actually, as far as things I've done wildernessy wise, like it's actually I feel safer here because there's like, there, there is stuff like there's water stops. There's, there's water and bathroom stops. There's a ranger station. There's this ranch at the bottom. You can go get lunch. Like, so it's a little less like remote than places that I've been otherwise hiking. Mm-hmm. Not that it's not that you shouldn't take it seriously. You should um, yeah. and I'm bringing water and all, and all the things. And then as far as like being off the grid, my friend, she's like, she's like a super scouter. She was like a boy scout leader. And she like knows a lot about the wilderness. She's my wilderness guide. She has this thing. I think it's called a spot and uh, she keeps it connected. She can push a button and 911 gets it. And it's for like out in the middle of nowhere. Her husband then can track her on it. So he always knows where she is because she hikes alone. She'll like go out on the Appalachian trail for days on end alone. And so he, and so he'll know where we are like minutes. And anytime he wants to check, he'll see where we are. That's cool. So I'm staying with her. (laughs) Yeah. Stick by that lady. (laughs) Mars, what's going on with you? Anything new out West? Oh, not a whole lot new. I was in Washington over the weekend, Thursday through early Sunday morning. So I I went to visit my friend Taylor, who is a food blogger and also an online fitness coach. So we had a lovely time, uh, doing a whole bunch of, I shouldn't say nothing, but it wasn't, oh, let's go explore downtown Seattle. She lives well, maybe about an hour. She's kind of in the suburbs 
Um, but she's like, I don't even go into downtown Seattle. It's like, okay, that's fine by me. I sometimes I just like to get away and what we call sloth. So not do mm -hmm. a whole lot. And that's kind of what it was. I did have to do quite a bit of work. We went to the gym one day, we took some walks. So it was nice. And I just, I love the Pacific Northwest. It's my very favorite place. I got all of the memories and nostalgia coming back from when I was in college at the University of Oregon. And it's really nice because it finally felt like fall and Taylor lives directly across the street from this like amazing pumpkin patch and cornfield. Oh my gosh. So, how cute! Yeah. Is it was just uh, the ambiance and the fall vibes were in full effect. So that was nice. And now I am back. And of course, you know, just hitting the ground running. I don't know if you guys ever feel this way, but you feel like you like to get away or you need to get away, but then you come back and you're like, uh, I need a vacation for my vacation yes. because <laughs> I really feel like I didn't shut off and I just got right back into work. Um, so yeah, but it was still nice. And then today I'm going to get my nose pierced. That's fun. What? So I saw yeah. that you were asking feedback on Instagram about like, if you should get a ring or a stud. And I'm like, this I missed this. Where, where is this coming yeah, from? Yeah, so, so on Saturday or Friday, I think it was, Taylor was taking a nap and I was procrastinating. So I was texting <laughs> a friend of mine, one of my former clients uh, whose birthday is today. And I was like, so do you have plans for your birthday? And she said, no, I don't even know what to do. And I was like, well, how can I help you celebrate? So she's like, well, let's definitely go for a walk. And we were talking about schedules and she was telling me what she was planning to do. And one of them was, one of her plans was to go get her belly button pierced or her nose pierced, one of the two. And I was like, do you have someone to go with? Because I'll go with you. And I've been wanting to get my nose pierced again. I've had it pierced two times already, one in college and then one in my early twenties. Uh, which ties this really is nicely into our conversation. Really you just don't seem like a nose piercing kind of gal. Really? Well, <laughs> no. well, I am. So yeah, I'm going to go with the stud, not the hoop. Okay. And yeah, should be fun. So that's on my agenda for today. Have you <laughs> had a hoop look. in the past? No, I've always had a stud. The only problem with studs, and maybe they can do it differently this time. I don't know, but it will, it like turns. And so the the like straight piece will sometimes poke out of your nose. It's really oh. annoying. Oh. So the first time that I had it done was when I was in college. It was like the, I think one of the first things I did, like unpacked, went and got my nose pierced. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then it fell out when I was running on the treadmill at, you know, 5.30 in the morning. So it was like, maybe this is a sign that I shouldn't be running on the treadmill. Um, That's what it was. But anyway, so I didn't put it back in and then, after I graduated, I got it pierced again. And I don't know why I took it out the second time, but I, yeah, I've been wanting to get it done again. So today's the day. Wow. Katie, what's up with you? Well, I, you know, nothing really can top that. So I'm, I'm just going to add to that. I, little known fact about me. I actually had my tongue pierced for a while. What? I know. No. Right? I know. It's no. so crazy. <laughs> I got to see uh, a picture of that. Things are blowing my mind. It was pretty short-lived. I was going through somewhat of a rebellious phase. It was after college. Like I was, I don't know what happened, but I like held myself together and made it through college and got a good job. And I, and I landed this job and I'm like, I'm going to do something crazy. A tongue piercing seemed like a good choice at the time. Again, I don't know what I was thinking. And, uh, I got it. And I couldn't talk right. Like my job was in sales. I was in wine sales. It was, was so this I was when you worked for Gallo? I worked for Gallo Winery. Yes. Yeah. Great job. Um, and my boss took one look at it and he was like, 
absolutely not. He's like, that totally detracts from the messaging. The fact that you're talking with a lisp is sort of a problem because that's not how you would normally speak. Like this does not work. And it's so interesting. Like you obviously today, like you're a male boss could not tell a woman what to do, what in terms of like look or piercings or any of that. But at the time, that was the reason I got rid of it because my boss didn't like it. So and to his credit, he was right. <laughs> that was a good move. Oh gosh, that is a funny story. Katie, do you have pictures? I don't, I didn't, I, I was not that, well, first of all, it wasn't social media. So there wasn't, it wasn't like a selfie period. It was that yeah. time when like we were dark and we, we have these memories of the stupidity, but yeah. we don't have the photograph. Yeah, yeah. it's true. Yeah. So thank goodness I don't, I, I, you can still see it a little bit. Like I'll show my kids sometimes. They think it's funny that you can still kind of see the scar from it, but yeah, that was, that was not one of my prouder moments. Blowing anyway, my mind. Well, good thing. The good thing about piercings is you can take them out. <laughs> yeah. Unlike true. tattoos. True. It's true. And all this left is a small blemish and, and some shattered memories. That's all. That's all. I'm fine. <laughs> shattered <laughs> memories. Oh, that's hilarious. You know, and one, actually, more, one more quick question yeah. because the nose piercing is not the most pleasant experience. I will admit it's not super painful, but yeah. is the tongue painful? No, it was so fast. No, oh, God, I, mean, I just can't even. Ugh. No, I, oh, you know what? I do remember him saying he was like, don't move because if you move your tongue, when I send this needle through, I'm going to pierce your lip and your tongue together. Oh my gosh. That stresses wow. me out. Sorry wow. if anyone's lightheaded now. That was the scariest part was like holding still. So my lip didn't get clipped as well. Yeah. I don't want anybody putting holes in me. That's just, I don't like pain. I, I, I barely wanted to get my ears pierced as a kid. <laughs> my eight-year-old passed the time for that. And she's like, I don't know if I'm ever going to do it now. I'm like, cool. I don't care if you never get your ears pierced out. That's fine. <laughs> but it's, speaking of, of making bad choices, this is a really excellent segue into what we wanted to talk it about. Sure is. It is. We did not tee this up, but this worked out really well because today <laughs> we are talking about a question that we got actually in preparation for the last episode that we didn't get to and we held on to it because we felt like we could for sure have a full episode about the stupidest thing we ever did in the name of fat loss. So we got a lot of years of experiences between the three of us. So we wanted to kind of just share some of our own missteps, some of our own mistakes um, and, and skeletons in like our past closet because you know we, we get to sit on Instagram and talk about everything that does work and, and speak to how hard it is to navigate the crap and to like, you know, parse through the noise. But we were in that spot too once and there really wasn't a lot of dialogue around it. So mm -hmm. we want to kind of bring that back to, to bring that to light and, and share some of those stories. So I'll have Mars, are you ready? Do you want to go first? Do you want to talk us through the, the stupidest or one of the craziest things you've ever done in the name of fat loss? Gosh, you know, here's the thing. I didn't really do anything that was super crazy where I look back and I was like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe I even fell for that because really my story starts in, well, I shouldn't say that my first time trying to lose weight was going on Weight Watchers. And while I certainly do not think that Weight Watchers is the best way to go about it. It's certainly not the worst because yeah, at least right. it created some awareness around food choices, portion control, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So I did that when I was, I think going into my sophomore, either my freshman or my sophomore year of high school, I can't remember which one. 
And I did lose weight. I didn't feel like I was restricted. I mean, I remember eating in and out burger and things like that. So it certainly wasn't this deprivation type of plan. And after that, I don't know why I stopped. I think it's just because I, I reached my goal. And then I continued making you know good choices when I was in high school, exercising. Like I started lifting weights when I was 15, uh, doing a lot of cardio because that's all I knew how to do. I was following the advice in the fitness magazines. So I always say, yes, maybe my habits were not that productive. It wasn't the best way to go about doing things. I prioritized cardio overlifting, or I just did too much cardio when I didn't have enough muscle yet, but it wasn't anything that was completely asinine. Mm -hmm. So where things got a little bit dicey was when I went to college and I started to follow the advice in the fitness magazines even more religiously. So it, and this is what I was saying about the nose piercing, I would wake up at, you know, five, five 30 in the morning during college, probably having slept, you know, five hours the night before. And I would go and I would get a big coffee and I would drive to the gym and I would start my day with at least 45 minutes, either on the step mill or the treadmill. And then I would come home. I would eat my egg whites and oatmeal (laughs) and protein powder, uh, and proceed to eat very low carb the rest of the day, you know, live on like more coffee, diet Coke, sugar-free gum. That was probably the biggest thing is I, I was so into the like clean eating that anything that was not protein vegetables or very complex carbohydrates, like sweet potatoes, oatmeal was off limits. And then because I was, you know, craving all the things I would substitute that with everything sugar-free that I could get my hands on. So what year was this Marcy? I asked, cause I'm so impressed that you were cognizant of the importance of protein at that time. Oh, because yeah, because it was in the, it was in the magazines. So okay. here's how it was laid out. You know, it would be like, let's say Jamie Eason or Monica Brandt. There was those two women that I really looked up to and that I wanted to emulate or I wanted their physique. So I was following what they laid out. Like, this is my routine and it's basically a competition prep. So do your 45 minutes of the cardio and then here's your five or six meals per day. So your protein powder, your egg whites, your oatmeal, the next meal is going to be chicken, broccoli, sweet potatoes. And here I'm like on a college campus. So it was a little Mm -hmm. bit difficult to do that, but I managed to figure it out. Uh, Luckily, Trader Joe's was nearby. So I would go and stock up on all my food at Trader Joe's and stack my, my little mini refrigerator in my dorm with it. Um, and then when I was living in the sorority, it was fairly easy because we always had a salad bar. We had cottage cheese. She made these like big sheets of sugar-free jello, which I pretty much ate the entire thing. Um, so yeah, it wasn't that difficult to find those choices, but yeah, I was just going by what was laid out in the magazine and then same for the, the workout program too. But what I didn't know is like the calories were so low that it wasn't enough food. So I, I lost the freshman 15 rather than gaining the freshman 15. Mm. Yeah. But it wasn't, you know, like, Oh, I can't eat at all or nothing like that. Like I was definitely eating. It just wasn't enough. So I it lost to me that you're weight. everything you did was a result of education. Like you were seeking out from, you know, sources that looked like they knew what they were talking about 
and you went ahead and did it. It's not like you were just like, I'm going to just not eat. You're not just going to fast until I lose all the weight. Like that's, right. the sc- that's almost the scariest part. Cause you were sort of doing everything right to get there. I, that, that's the thing. It wasn't for any, you know, like what's the word I want to use. I can't even think about it, but, uh, any fault of my own. I was just following the plan to a T like a perfect little client. <laughs> uh, and yeah, it just, it was not, not the thing. So lesson learned. What about you, Kim? I have a lot ladies, but I've narrowed them down to my top three craziest things I've done to lose weight. And you can vote and tell me which was worse. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you what they were first. And then I'll tell you a little bit about them. So, um, Metafast, walking a marathon, not just for like fitness, but to lose weight. This was my big weight loss scheme. Um, and I'll tell you how that worked out. And then, uh, oxygen magazine, cover model transformation contest. Those are the three. And that one was really extreme what I did, similar to what Marcy was was talking about. So Metafast, if if you're listening and you don't know what that is, it's one of these companies where you order the food and they send it to you. Their sister company these days is Optavia, which you might know a lot about. Mm. Um, Is that like Nutrisystem sort of? It's kind of Nutrisystem, but worse. I've done Nutrisystem too. That's how I originally lost 40 pounds in my late, when I was obese and I lost the first chunk of weight, it was Nutrisystem, which is not a terrible, it's not a great system at all. Uh, and it has so many limitations. And the reason that I gained it back is because literally when you're done it, like you've learned nothing. Uh, and I got sick of eating it at six months and I lost 40 pounds. But then like I, one day I woke up and I was like, I cannot eat another bite of that food. And I didn't know what to do next because it literally taught me nothing. So, mm-hmm. and Metafast is the same kind of idea, but it's worse because it's so low calorie. It's mm-hmm. like eight or 900 calories a day. Whereas Nutrisystem, it was a more modest deficit, not fantastic. I think it was probably calories were still low, but it was so low. Ladies, what I would eat for a meal would literally be like a protein bar that was like a couple of inches. Mm-hmm. That was my meal. Or I would eat this little pancake. You get a pancake. It was about that big. Bigger than a silver dollar, but not regular size pancake. That was it. There were about a hundred calories and you would eat four of these meals, five of these little fuelings a day. And then you'd eat one lean and green meal. So you could cook your own dinner or it could be whatever. I always did it for dinner. So I could kind of eat like a normal human around my family, but it was literally protein and vegetables, green vegetables. Like that was it. And then, so that's what I ate. And then you could have free foods, which were basically celery and sugar-free jello. So I had a crap ton of sugar-free jello. Um, and it literally, you're just starving yourself. That's what it is. You're just starving yourself. And I did it with a bunch of friends. We all lost weight. I tapped out soonest because I was like, this is terrible. Like, first of all, it was terrible. I was starving, lost 10 pounds, gained back way, way more. I gained it back uh-huh. immediately. Every single woman I did it with gained back their weight they lost. Some yep. of them gained back significantly more, like significantly yeah. more, became way really overweight. Every single one of us did. So that one was really bad. Um, it was unpleasant to do. And it was dangerous. I mean, the calories are just so dang low. They're so low. And you'll, you'll see me post about it today. Like, and it's a little bit awkward because I have, I have a good friend from my childhood who is a salesperson for Optavia. And I, I feel, and I don't ever personally call her out. Like I don't go on her post and be like, stop saying this, but I still do post because I for years have posted against Optavia and Metafast because I'm just so opposed to them. So mm-hmm. I still do make content around that because I think that they're really, I mean, they literally advertise like don't exercise when you start this. And they do that because they're not fueling you enough for exercise. They're not even fueling yeah. you enough to live. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think they're incredibly dangerous. Mm-hmm. That one. Yeah. That's scary. Well, that's and- number one. 
Number two, the marathon, walking a marathon. I heard this idea in a magazine. That's where all my bad ideas usually start at the back of some woman's magazine. And this woman talked about how she walked a marathon and lost weight. And I'm like, what? I want to walk a marathon and lose weight. And so I found a book and the book was literally called How to Walk a Marathon. And like I had a whole training plan. And so I met with my girlfriends and we met at an ice cream shop of all places to, ha to, to hatch this plan. And we sat there eating, uh, eating all these big ice cream sundaes while we hatched our plan, how we were going to train to walk a marathon. And that was going to be how we lost weight. Ladies, we didn't lose any weight because guess what we did? Every time after we finished our long Saturday walk, we would go to a local diner and get yep. like French toast because we felt like we needed more carbs. Yep. <laughs> so I get vanilla cream cheese stuffed French toast every Saturday after my walk. <laughs> so we'd be yes. walking every, we would walk every day a certain amount. And then Saturdays would be your long walk and they'd get progressively longer until you were walking like five, six hours. But every single time we would just, just gorge. And by the time we, we did walk that we, we did, we walked the Baltimore marathon. It was super fun. It was a great, it was a great thing to be a part of, mm -hmm. but the idea that I was going to lose weight, it didn't happen. I, I ended up the exact same weight as when I started, which is shocking considering how much I was eating that I didn't gain weight, but it didn't lose weight. <laughs> so, well, and that's what, I, that's what happens a lot when people either they do a marathon or maybe a triathlon and awesome. they don't, what they don't realize. And this is this doesn't just go for that kind of activity or those types of events, but cardio in general, because with, especially in the absence of weight training is one, and this is anecdotal. It's not scientifically backed, at least from what I know, but most people I know say that when they increase their cardio, their hunger exponentially increases as well. So I'm curious, Kim, were you eating the French toast because like you guys were ravenous after doing that walk? Yeah. And we definitely had this idea of, we were so misguided. This is well before I was a coach. We definitely had the idea of like, we had earned it yeah. and, um, that we had burnt thousands and thousands and thousands of calories. And we needed this little bit back. We mm -hmm. way overestimated how much we had burnt versus how much this was going to be. Like we just, sure. we didn't understand it. And yeah, I will say training women, uh, for as many years as I have now, I've had plenty of women who running half marathons and all of this. And I'm always very cautious when I discuss this with them, that I have no problem problem supporting them through that. And yes, we can do a fat loss phase through that, but they need to be aware of the fact that they will likely be hungrier. And we need to account for that without overeating your calories, or you're just going to stay the same because, and they're like, yeah, they're like, it's crazy. Every time I run, I prep for a half marathon, I don't lose weight. And I'm like, well, because you're, you're hungry and you're overeating. And so it's a delicate balance. It's not a great going to train for marathons or half marathons. It's not a great weight loss scheme guys. It's a great thing to do, but separate from weight loss. Absolutely. Well, and the other thing that people don't understand is that your body adapts very quickly to the cardio. So yes. let's say you start out with your training and you're running 30 minutes, three times a week. And that bout of activity is going to burn 300 calories. Well, because your body is built for survival and it wants to stay safe, it wants to stay the same weight, keep that body fat on it. Um, it will start to downregulate the amount of calories that you're burning. So now maybe two weeks from now, that same amount of exercise is going to burn only 200 calories. So mm -hmm. now if you want to keep burning the same, you've got to go longer, you've got to mm -hmm. go harder, you have to add another day. So yeah. it really does become the point of diminishing returns, unfortunately. Yeah. And uh, what are you going to do? Just continually add on more cardio. When you're already doing a marathon. Yeah. It's yeah. not an effective way to lose weight. So absolutely. If you have running dreams, I say, go for it mm -hmm. um, for sure. But just don't look at it as a way to lose weight. It's not, it's not a great plan. And then my, my final one here, um, 
I did the oxygen magazine cover contest. This was after I had initially, um, started strength training. It was right when I got into strength training. I told you guys the story. My friend got me into strength training. He helped me lose weight. I lost 20 pounds. I looked completely different than I had before because I had trained for the first time ever. He moved away. And right after he moved away, I was like, okay, what am I going to do now? Like he wasn't there to program for me. And so I kind of started following these fitnessy magazines and the, who I started following were bodybuilders. That's who I was following. And that's what I thought you did. Like if you lifted, you should train to be a bodybuilder. And I got this oxygen magazine. They had this cover contest and you could pick between team Amanda Latona or, or team Aaron Stern. I picked Aaron Stern. She's an amazing two-time Olympian. I followed that plan literally to a T. I did not veer from it. And it was a three-month plan. And we went on vacation and I sat there crying, eating my like boiled chicken on lettuce that was like disgusting at the pizza place because I wasn't allowed to eat pizza. I did it for three months. I, by the time it was done, I looked back at the pictures. I was so painfully thin, like painfully thin. I look at them and I was just like, why did I not? And I wanted to lose more weight when I was done. And I was like, I didn't make it. I didn't make it to the top 10. I'm like, I didn't do enough. I didn't do enough. And I look back and I'm like, I don't know what I could have done more because I was doing two a day cardio five or I think it was six days a week, strength training, really long strength training sessions. And every month the calories would get less and less as, so the cardio would up the calorie. It was a, it was a, it was a bodybuilding prep type type thing. And I got incredibly lean. You guys can see the pictures on my stories. I have, I, I started talking on my stories one day about all this. And I started showing pictures and people were so fascinated by all these different phases I've done. I put it in my, in my stories on Instagram. You can see it, it says my weight and you can see these pictures. Like I, like my eyes look all sunk in, like I was really thin. Um, yeah. And those, those are my three worst things I've done to lose weight. Isn't it interesting how we follow this popular lie that the harder it is, the better it works. Yeah. Like, because what, I mean, I think all three, and I haven't even shared mine yet, but all three of us, I think can agree that at the end of every single one of those experiences, we were not better off. In fact, we were in the, in the position where we were primed to just gain weight. Yeah. The only way I'm better off from all of those is it was a really great learning experience for me as right. a coach. Like it was soon after that is when I started becoming a coach. Like it was soon after that I started studying mm -hmm. about lifting and then eventually nutrition. But yeah, the only reason I'm glad I did all those things is it really informs how I coach and what I can relate to people about. But as far as like personally, it was none of it was good. None of it was good for me. Yeah. Oh, so many of us have been there. So Katie, okay, what about I'll, you? I'll share mine, which is like I had to actually look it up. I had to do a little digging. I had to go on Pinterest, which is where I found it, which as we know is where dreams go to die, right? Like don't go to, <laughs> don't go to Pinterest for anything if you're me. It doesn't work out well. But I found it deep in my Pinterest archives and it's ridiculous. It's called the GM diet. And I don't know if GM was referring to General Motors. I don't understand it. Like there's no beneficiary. The funny thing about this is there's no like business that's making money on this diet, which is really unusual, right? Like you're not, you're not putting a down payment down or tagging somebody. It was just um, promised to lose 15 pounds in one week. Okay. That was, what? that was the promise. And so I was like, I can do anything for one week. Right. And, um, I, I just thought this is, this has got to be the one this is, I'm just going to lose the weight and then I'll figure it out when I get there. Like, I just didn't have any knowledge at this point of, of science, of thermodynamics. Of, and I really thought that you had to follow this exactly to a T for some chemical, like I thought there'd be some magic chemical reaction in my body that would just sort of happen like ma literal magic. 
if I followed it exactly. And it's ridiculous. Here I go. Ready? It's a seven day diet. And I tell you exactly what to eat every single day. Day one, eat only fruit, any kind, except bananas. No maximum amount of fruit is specified. Day two, eat only vegetables, raw or cooked. I don't know how else you might eat a vegetable, but those are your options for vegetables. Um, it does not limit uh, your vegetables, but potatoes can only be at breakfast. Okay, that's okay. day two. Okay. okay, day three, it gets, it gets ridiculous. Day three, eat only fruits and vegetables, except bananas and potatoes. No <laughs> limit on your fruits and vegetables. Day four, consume only bananas and milk. <laughs> You can eat up to six large or eight. No bananas, no bananas, no bananas, just bananas. <laughs> eight, six, I can't even get through this. Six large and, or eight small bananas, three glasses of milk, preferably skim. Preferably skim. Day five. Okay, we're getting more specific here. Eat two 10 ounce portions of beef, chicken, or fish. In addition to the meat, you can eat six whole tomatoes. I know this is just like, it's like, is somebody throwing a dart at the food pyramid? I just, I don't know. Naming random stuff. I mean, and then vegetarians can replace meat with either brown rice or cottage cheese. Uh, and then day six, eat two ounces of beef, chicken, or fish. Um, today, you can also have unlimited vegetables, but no potatoes. And finally, day seven, eat only brown rice, fruits, fruit juice, okay, what? and vegetables. No maximum amount is specified for any of these foods. Can we just for a moment say that I could drink a smoothie container for 2,000 calories on day seven. Oh I my mean, gosh. Okay, I'm just going to put this out here. Katie wins for the craziest diet. Okay. <laughs> Do I win? Do I? Because everything, I don't I have, have to, a prize for you, but you get it. This is one of my problems, Kim and Marcy, in my life. Like I, I am that person where I don't want to do it if I can't win it, right? Like, <laughs> like don't challenge me in yoga. I will out yoga you. Don't challenge me in walking a marathon. Don't like, I'm going to go 27 miles. Don't challenge me in the stupidest way to lose weight. I win. Katie, <laughs> okay, that is the funniest diet I've ever heard. I mean, it's not funny because it's ridiculous, it's, but how did they even come up with it? Uh, it's so random. I have no idea. And I did a little research trying to figure that out. And nobody wants to lay claim to it being theirs. In fact, General Motors is like, mm, it's not ours. Don't look at me. Um, but next tomatoes, <laughs> I mean, right. Like, okay. I, and I guess that whoever came up with this stupidity was relying on the fact that no one would possibly be able to like eat enough fruit or vegetables or any of these foods to do anything other than lose 15 pounds. Again, exercise was not recommended. Eight to 12 glasses of water in a day. I mean, it was just stupidity. I think I got, I didn't get through the whole week to be That's honest. That's what I was going to say. Did you do it? No, I think I lost, I think I, I tapped out on bananas and milk. <laughs> day four got me. Uh, so, I mean- and my husband did it too. We did it together. This was before we had kids. I don't even know if I was exercising at the time. I mean, this was a really, really long time ago. This might've been like, oh my God, we got married in 2005. It might've been that year, actually. It might've been the first year we were married, just like not knowing any better. But I was like, I was so unhappy to be honest, like to get a little deeper, I was really unhappy with my body and I was at a loss. I didn't know what to do. I was, I, I, thought that I had to like either run 10 miles a day and I was not equipped to do that. I thought I had to have some magic pill that I just like, I just didn't know what I was missing. And there was for me, no real education. Like I would pick up those magazines, like I would pick up shape or Cosmo and be like, I either this doesn't work for me or I cannot, I actually can't do it. And then it was like, 
a self-fulfilling prophecy because I picked crap like this, right? Like it wasn't, I wasn't getting to the point where I was realizing at that time, you know, the, the harder it was, the better it was going to work. And for me, I didn't realize that instead of like massive changes in a short period of time, I know, I didn't know that I needed to just do small changes that were like lifestyle specific and that would, you know, allow for some sustainability and longevity. And I think it's really hard to shift someone's mind out of that. If there was someone sitting across from me saying, no, that's not what you want to do. What you should do instead is maybe just add some vegetables to your plate three times a day. I'd be like, well, that's ridiculous. Like that would have been just as ridiculous as this diet for me at that time in my life. Wow. I think that people are probably listening to this and being like, I get that. I get what you, I get what you're saying. Oh, it's, it's, it's pretty bad. Right. Like, I mean, that's, I'm, I, it's, I'm kind of, I mean, I hate to say ashamed because I'm grateful that I went through it and, and I can understand. And I say like, that was four days of my life, but that's a really good representation of where my head was mm-hmm. at, with my weight loss goals at that time. And how I would just, I was desperate. Desperate's the word. I yes. Think. Yeah, absolutely. Desperate. And, and you didn't know any better. So I always right. like to say, Everyone is doing the best they can with their one level of awareness. And then two, the resources that they have at their disposal So mm-hmm. and, and their current mindset. So right. if all that you were seeing was diets like this, then of course, that's going to be what you are going to gravitate to because there's nothing else in your line of vision, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah. now you know better, so you can do better. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. It, And it's just, it's really interesting how insidious this all is and how what is modeled to us Mm -hmm. also becomes very ingrained in our head. So I had a girl reach out to me yesterday. She's probably, I don't know, early twenties, maybe 23, 24. She had reached out to me for coaching probably almost two years ago. We got on a call and she ended up not signing up, but we've kept in touch ever since because she has since become a like a manifestation guru and coach. So she has this thriving online business, tons of followers on TikTok, tons of followers on Instagram, you know, getting all these sponsorship deals. Like she is killing it. Mm-hmm. Yet she reaches out to me and she's like, Marcy, I, I don't know what to do with my health. Like I'm still at a loss. I'm still, you know, uh, gravitating or falling for the fix, the quick fixes I'm restricting, then I'm binging, you know, this and that. And it's just so interesting how we can have it like quote unquote together in one area of our life Mm -hmm. or really like have a certain belief. And then those dieting mindsets, cause she was saying like, I'm still thinking of what I saw my mom do and the things that she said to me, how she continues to live her life. And that can still be our default even yeah. though like she's seen my content, we've had conversations, like she's surrounded by what you need to do, but it's still really difficult to, to break those quote, I'll call them like limiting beliefs. Mm-hmm. I, I think yeah. the reality of fat phobia in the world had a lot of impact on me too. I always seem to believe that I was going to, my dad told me once a long time ago that um, I would do better in this world if I stayed thin. Oh. And, you know, that stuck with me. That's one of those things that, um, you know, he didn't mean any harm. I know he didn't, he's a very loving man. Uh, but I think he thought that my life would be easier. And I think as a parent, what you always wanna do is provide what you can to make your kid's life easy, right? Like that, so that's where he was coming from. But that I think planted a seed that, 
turned into a weed that I've like fought for decades since then. Mm. And I think a lot of women kind of have to fight that same battle where they think, I, I, I just, I don't want to get, I don't want to get to a point where I am so overweight that dot, 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 what I, I can't even imagine the atrocities that would happen if I got yeah. to that. Um, and that's, and that's a scary thing because frankly, that's not a unit. That's, that's the world's problem. Like that's not my problem. That's the world's problem, but it's really hard to like extrapolate that. Yeah. That's, that's, I think that's a common experience for so many women. Somebody says something when they're a kid, when they're a teenager, when they're a young adult, really anytime, um, about weight in whatever way it is like, well, stay thin Mm -hmm. or your fat or whatever it is, or your thighs. And it just, that voice stays in their head and they battle it for a long time. Do you find mm-hmm. that with your clients guys? I do. I do. I find that a lot that oh, somebody absolutely. has said something and it has impacted how they behave with food and exercise for decades to come. Mm-hmm. And to yeah. Marcy's point, so many women are so strong in their careers, in their um, education, in their parenting, in their worlds. And for whatever reason, managing their self-care in this capacity has just it's not been something they can get a handle on. Right. Yeah. And was that something that was modeled to them at some point? So did they see their mom really crushing it in the business world or holding down the house? And so that is what they witnessed. And so now that's kind of ingrained in them, but maybe they saw their mom constantly dieting or talking about herself in a very disparaging way. Mm-hmm. So, and yeah, it's, it takes a long time to yeah. uh, kind of un- unbreak those mental patterns. And I think to wrap this all up, I would say that if there's one thing that I would suggest, I don't know if you ladies have anything else you want to want to throw out there. It's that if you can't build a routine with these measures that you're taking to try to change your physique in some way, you are not going to be able to maintain it. I think it's super mm-hmm. important to consider that whatever it is you're doing has to be to some degree able to continue throughout the rest of your life. It has to be a lifestyle. It has to be sustainable and extreme measures um, in this in this capacity just won't work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. hundred percent. The only thing I'll add is that I'm going to think of Katie every time I eat a banana. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't even like bananas. I can't even eat bananas today. <laughs> oh, it's funny. I, I like eating bananas by themselves, but I think that they ruin just about everything that they are put into maybe except for like banana bread, but I'm like, can we stop the smoothies with the bananas and the, this and that yeah. with the bananas? Cause it's just like everything yeah. then just turns into banana flavor anyway. Yeah. That's maybe a topic the, for another day. Maybe the bananas did me a favor and they're like, they derailed me from the diet and got me back on the right track. So I'm, I'm grateful for that. So, well, ladies, this was a great conversation. Thanks for sharing everything. And we'll be back next week with a new episode. Kim, good, good luck. Kim. Hey, best of luck, yeah. my friend. Talk to you next week when I'm out of that hole. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Decades of Strength podcast. If you liked this, if it was helpful for you, it would mean the world to us if you left a rating and review wherever you're listening. It really does help our work get in front of more people. Thanks so much for being here with you and we'll see you again next week.